Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Gregory Damien. Greg is a certified personal trainer and sports nutrition advisor. He holds three degrees and was enrolled in a biomedical engineering PhD program. In 2004, he performed 495 pull-ups in a single hour in a world record attempt, and he also won a half-marathon running race. In his 50s, he won two bodybuilding competitions. As a triathlete, he was ranked in the top 8% in the U.S. in his age group. At the age of 60, he stays in the best shape of his life. A published author and public speaker, Greg's mission is to help men both look and feel younger than ever. Welcome, Greg. How are you today? Thank you for having me, Terry. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good, and I'm so happy to have you because this is an important topic. It's one of the big things that you have to stay fit if you want to live a long life. If you're going to sit on the couch... You're not going to live to be 90. You're just not. Mm-hmm, that says mm-hmm. so exercising and being fit is what there's others that are important too, but sure. exercise is so key to staying healthy. So tell us your story, how you became an athlete and then how you decided that you were going to continue on and be in even better shape as you aged. Awesome. Thank you for that introduction. Um, I'm going to start by by saying in high school, I was the 100, I literally weighed 118 pounds. I was the little tiny guy, right? Wow. And so obviously I wasn't, while I wanted to participate in like high school sports, there was just no way I was not, you know, physically capable. Right. Um, and after college, I moved down to Florida. Um, I, I was living in, uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida mm. and working down there and you know what? I started drinking. Um, and, and this was something I sort of learned from my father. He was a regular drinker and it was beginning to become a bit of a problem for me. But I was fortunate in that I had a, a friend um, at work that encouraged me to go run with him. So I started running and I was really surprised how good of a runner I was. But, the, you know, this alcohol was really becoming a problem because I could now really tell. Mm-hmm. Go out, have a few drinks, couldn't run as well the next next day. And a funny thing happened. Um, one day after work, I was I went to happy hour, had it had a few, and I was driving down I-95 home, my little Mazda RX-7. I was being really aggressive. And I stopped and I thought the you know, little voice in my head said, Why are you doing this? Slow down. So I slow down, I look over to my right, and a state trooper was staring right at me. Ooh. And yeah, yeah, and it really got my attention. In addition to just the whole running thing, and I thought, and I decided right there not to drink because I, I'd seen what it done to my father. I saw the trajectory that it would take me down, right. and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that. Good so, for you. Yeah, thanks. I, I mean, um, and in a way, I kind of cross addicted into exercise. 
That's okay. <laughs> right? my, my friend was a marathon runner and I ended up running a marathon um, about a year later. Um, and, I, and, and I'm in my 20s at this point. And um, I also then got interested, a friend of his was a, a cyclist. And so I started cycling and, and that led to to triathlon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting story that I just found out. So that friend of mine just recently passed away and his wife reached out to me and said, Greg, I don't know if you know, but Dave had been a recovering alcoholic for 50 years. He hadn't had any alcohol in 50 years. So I'm, Dave, I'm really grateful for you for, you oh know, my goodness. Having, having, you know, reached out to me and, and uh, helped, helped me, you know, get on that path. That's excellent. Yeah, that's really, that's a great story. And you know what's funny? My son, who turned 50 in September, he started running, I guess, about two years ago. And like, neither my husband or ourselves, we're not very athletic. We, I exercise, but I was never involved in sports. He wasn't either as a child. He was a computer geek. So he really never got into it. And he started running and he loves it. And then he does swing dancing, which is Mm, also good exercise. Totally good exercise. So between the two, he's doing. But my my father used to run when he was younger, and then when he got older, he walked and danced. So he lived to be ninety six. So because he kept in good shape from walking and dancing. So you know, my son kind of got that and said, "I'm going to do the same." So there's a German study that I recall that where they actually looked at dancing as one of the most uh, beneficial forms of of anything for mental health. Right. See that? Yeah. It is. And he does swing dancing. He teaches it, but he's also always taking classes to get better because it is very involved. There's a lot of steps. So it it is a mental and a physical thing. So, yeah. yeah. So he does very well. So there you go. But so how old were you when you started running? What was your age? Oh, I was about 25. Okay. So you started younger. That's good. I I was. Yeah. And, you know, I went through the. I, I went through the normal process of getting injured <laughs> and learning right. how to how to recover from uh, from injuries. And even to this day, I wear um, arch supports because I had plantar fasciitis, um, which isn't much fun. But no. you know, it's like one of these things where it's like, okay, um, yeah, I have to wear these devices, and it, it is what it is. But it doesn't stop me, right? Good, and, and, it, and I'm comfortable with it. So. Yeah, we just keep on going. You know, we don't let those little obstacles get in the way, right? No, you shouldn't because if you do, then again, you'll be where you won't be running at all. You'll come to a point where you go, ah, oh, it's just not worth it. You can't let anything hold you back. You really can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. So now you just wrote a book, I believe, Abs at 60, The Four Steps to Look and Feel Younger at Any Age. That's a great title. I love it. So tell us about the book and why you decided to write it. So the book is in editing right now. Um, oh, is it? Okay. I, exactly. So I expect to launch it sometime um, early next year, around the 1st of March is my is my okay. plan launch date. Good. Um and, you know, I, I just turned 60 in September and I had some pictures taken and I was, I was really kind of blown away, right, by what I was able to do. And I'm like, I, I want to be able to inspire people to live healthier lives. And, you know, not everyone wants to, to be a, 
a triathlete, right? Right. And, but but Mike, the question I ask myself is, you know, what what, what do people want? And and really, it's like, who doesn't want to look and feel younger? Absolutely. Right? Yep. And and that so that was the the question that I asked, and it you know all of these events lined up to um to transpire to to write this book. Now, I also want to mention Terry that back in two thousand four. Uh, I read a really important book for me. It was um, The 120-Year Diet by Roy, Roy Wofford. He was the, the physician and at Biosphere 2 down here in Arizona, where they were trying to, to see how long people could live in a self-contained environment. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that not very long because they couldn't produce enough food. Right. But even though the people were basically starving to death, they were in pretty good health. And so I got really interested in this. I went down and visited Biosphere. Uh, of course, it, it had been closed. It's now sort of a museum. Uh, and I actually quit my job and I went back to school, even though I already had three degrees. Um, right. I, I said, well, I want to be a doctor. I really want to help people. Right. And, and I, so I took all of the medical school prerequisites, the chemistry and the biochemistry and the biology and all that good stuff that I had never had before. Uh, and I got an, uh, an interview at the University of Colorado and through all of this process, I realized, you know, that's a long time. And I don't know that I want to just do drugs and surgery, right? I, I didn't want to be a surgeon and I didn't want to just be a, a prescription writer kind of right. doctor, right? So that's how I ended up in the, uh, in the PhD program. Um, when I didn't uh -huh. end up in, in medical school, I ended up in the biomedical PhD program, but it really wasn't health and fitness related. And after one term, I, I walked away with it. I walked away from it. Right. But all of that knowledge really helped me understand the the literature right around health and fitness and aging and and, and wellness. And so um, I've applied um, that thinking into the book. And so I've got about 175 different um, both web and scientific references into the different steps. Mm -hmm. So there's there's four steps. It's and, and my acronym is Dollar, <laughs> D O L R. Okay, so the first step is dream big because everything in life is starts with our thoughts. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Absolutely. It's mindset. It's our thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And, and and my very first chapter in there is really about our beliefs because if we don't have good beliefs, everything else is going to fall apart. And I had some bad beliefs that I had to to break down. I had really low self-esteem. I mentioned the 118 pound, you know, kid in high right, school. Right. And, and only in my fifties after, um, I looked at some, some uh, pictures of my twenties that I really realized, Hey, I wasn't a, I mean, the only person that was holding me back was me. Right. Yep. And, and I, you know, it, but yeah, the good news is you don't have to wait 30 years to figure that out. <laughs> Me, some of us do but you know right. whatever it, yeah. if you get there that's the important thing right exactly uh second step oh uh, own your health so you know I, I i'm a i'm a big believer that this is a team effort and we need to be partnered up with um our, our medical uh providers right we need to have good relationships and known um relationships i, I in the book i i talk about encouraging uh, the reader to share their goals with their medical team. Are you, and you know, I mean, are you ready for uh, fitness uh, for physical activity? Um, what should your body composition be? 
Um, hormones, you know, for both men and women is, is an important issue. And I've been on hormone replacement for, for um, 15 years now. And it was quite by chance that I found out that I had low uh, testosterone. Wow. So, and, and this idea that we own our health and it's not the responsibility of the insurance company mm-hmm. or our doctor or our spouse or our children. The reality is that no one cares more about our health than we do. And, and, and that's um, an important message. Um, so L, live well. So live well has to do with diet and exercise, sure. Um, and I'm a big proponent. I think that most people should be exercising five or six hours a week and with a combination of both resistance and cardiovascular training. Yes. Uh, and the cardiovascular training can be walking. I mean, that's really good work, you know. Right. And, and, and in the book, I also talk about we don't I don't advocate big radical changes. I advocate small changes that you can live with. Do what you like. Right. There's right. lots of things that people do and and you know don't feel like you have to go get a gym membership um and and go lift a bunch of heavy weights although you know lifting has its own benefits what you do you should do well uh and but there's the the other parts of live well are things like have healthy relationships right um manage your stress right stress and and when i say manage we all know that too much stress is bad. It, it produces, you know, the cortisol, which is a bad right. hormone for us. Right. The other extreme is just as bad, right? Not having enough stress and stimulation will drive us crazy. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I had the opportunity a few years ago, I, I've done this a couple of times in my career where I quit my job. Um, in this case, <laughs> I quit my job. I was, I had gotten divorced and I sold and gave away all of my stuff. And I moved to the big Island of Hawaii and I was oh. there for, for three months. Oh, wow. And, nice. Yeah. Right. And, and I, well, I worked in, in the kitchen of a yoga retreat. Wow. Uh, my daughter did that <laughs> once too. <laughs> and, and I, and I met some folks there and, and they said, well, you got to go to Ecuador. So I went to Ecuador for a few months. Nice, um, nice. And, and I, honestly, I, I was in a position where I could have kept keep on doing that, but I decided, you know, I like challenges. I like working with people. I don't want to be just a traveler without a particular purpose, right? right? And the purpose is another big issue in our lives. And that's also part of the dream big right. is, you know, let's have a, have purpose. a purpose. And so to this point of stress, the thing I'd, I'd share is, I, I, and what I learned from that is I'm not the retirement type. Um, and, and the way I would suggest that people look at this in, uh, in our demographic is think of it as transition, right? I, I think the worst thing that someone can do is retire to nothing. Yes. I, I get that maybe you don't like your, you know, your occupation, but, you know, what, what my suggestions here are is find things that you like to do. I believe everyone ought to do something they like to do every day. Yes, I agree. Right? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, then the, there's also a couple of don'ts. I've got two don'ts in the uh, in that chapter of Live Well, which is, you know, don't smoke cigarettes. And, and you can probably be not surprised that I suggest not drinking. If you're not currently drinking, don't start. Right. right? right. If you're drinking too much, get some help. You know, and if you can manage a drink or two a day, you're, you're probably fine. You probably have other things that you can go work on, right? Right. right. You know, and then uh, the fourth uh, the fourth step is is recharge often, 
And, and the, you know, one of the things that I've learned um, more recently, and I've done a lot, I wear this, uh, this ring to track my sleep. Sleep is one of the most powerful, in addition to exercise, um, medicines that we have. And, yes. you know, over and over and over, we've, we've seen and learned that seven to eight hours of sleep is, is really important for us. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, before I was uh, really aware of this and paying attention, I probably would be in bed five and a half or six hours a night. And what I've learned with the data is that I need I need to be in bed probably 45 minutes. I'm, I'm awake 45 minutes of the time I'm actually in bed. So if I want to get seven hours of sleep and I want to get up at five in the morning to go work out, I mean, I know I'm, I've got the big discipline you know, label on me. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, everyone can't do it, but I applaud the people who can. It's great. It really is. You know, and, and so that means I got to get up and do the math, right? So I got to go to bed at 915. So that doesn't make me the life of the party by any means. But, right, uh, right. you know, the other things in, um, in, in recharge often are prayer, meditation, and, 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 and having some, some sort of spiritual practice, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's the, um, the synopsis of the book. It's really targeted. Uh, I mean, I, I, I use myself as a role model. It's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm what's possible, but I think, you know, for most people looking and feeling better is really what they're after. And that's what I targeted the book towards. So everything in the book, I asked the question, does this help someone look and feel better? Right. <laughs> if it's not, I take it out, you know, <laughs> there you go. and, and <laughs> if, if I felt something was a little weak or whatever, I'd go and do a little bit more research and, and add another um, argument to, to why I think that's an important part of the part of the process. I also, in in the book, I've also got exercises after each chapter, right? So, you know, you know, do a self-assessment, how much will take the topic of sleep, measure your sleep for a few nights, how much sleep are you getting? What are the things you can do? There's some suggestions in the book, and these are fairly well documented in lots of places, uh, things you can do to to sleep better, like uh, making sure your room is dark and quiet and cool, um, so what are the things that you can do to make your, your sleeping better? Right. And so then at the end of each of the steps, I've got a, a chapter that, that you select and consolidate and say, I'm not, I can't do everything. And I don't, you know, advocate trying to do everything, but pick one thing, maybe, right. right that you've right. got to go do. And just like BJ Fogg and, um, tiny habit says, start small. You know, we don't have to, to go out and run. 16 mm-hmm. miles, right? right? In fact, he's kind of funny because he says, if your goal is to go walk, the first day, all you need to do is put on your shoes. You don't even <laughs> need to go walk. It's like, okay. I did know, way okay. more than that my first day, but <laughs> that's good. But the important thing too, though, is to build the habit to where it yes. becomes, yes. you know, regular practice for you. Um, so, you know, I'll, I, I, I really would like to see that people get value from, you know, the book and, oh, there's one other, um, there's one other chapter that's in there that's about aesthetics. And I mean, honestly, you know, the cosmetic stuff is, is the easiest way to look and feel younger right away. Right. Um, and, it, and it's just as relevant for men as it is for women. Mm-hmm. I've been, I mean, I've been using Botox for seven or eight or 10 years. I don't know how long, and it really helps keep the, uh, the wrinkles out of my forehead. Um, I've, I've, I've also, um, 
What else have I done? I mean, teeth, you know, there's teeth whitening. There's a lot of things that we can do that aren't really invasive that we can, we can apply right away. And I think it's helpful just to get some positive feedback. You know, get a modern haircut, get some modern clothes if right. you haven't bought clothes in a while. Right. You know, th these are really simple things, right, that we can do that, that are, you know, simple and basic and can, can help build some self-esteem and some momentum, right, yes. to take on maybe something that might be a little bit more of a challenge or might seem a little scary, right? Right, right. But there's yeah. always something you can do. And you, like you said, start small, baby steps. When I first started walking, I would walk for about 10, 15 minutes. And then I finally build it up to about an hour. Um, I can't awesome. really do much more than an hour just because of time. But mm -hmm. I get a minimum. I do count my steps. So I get a minimum Good. of 10,000 steps in most wow. days, That's sometimes true. up to 20,000 if I'm really you know, a having a busy day, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Because I want to stay fit enough that I can travel and have a good time. And traveling is hard on you as you age. So I want to be able to get on that plane, be on a plane for eight hours if necessary, get off and run all over. Like I went to Rome with my daughter and like we were go, go, going all day long for like days. We did like 25,000 steps. It was wonderful. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I also have a chapter in my book just to maybe, um, be a little bit of a role model and I call it the my octogenarian game. So what is it that I want to be and, and do when I'm 80? And you know, I want to be a kick-ass boomer at 80, right? I want to right. be a kick-ass 80-year-old. <laughs> and one of the things that I want to do to your point is I want to be able to do those functional things. Like I want to be able to lift a 40-pound suitcase and put it up yes. over its head, yes. right? Right. And I want to be able to carry a 20-pound or a 40-pound suitcase up the stairs when the elevator escalator and the elevator isn't yep. working. Yeah. Right. Um, I've also um, set a couple of stretch goals for myself. I, you know, I fancy of having abs at 80. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. And the other thing is, so I, I, I live in Arizona now, but I lived in Colorado um, until a year ago and I did a bunch of hiking. I, I hiked, I think it was 19, 14,000 foot mountains. And some mm -hmm. of them are, are more technical than others. Some right. of them you can just walk up and others require a certain amount of climbing and others require gear and guides and that sort of stuff. And I didn't do those. Right. But at 80, I, I still want to be able to do a walk up 14,000 foot mountain. So, yeah, you know, I, I really think it's helpful and important for people to set those kinds of goals. But that's not the only thing. It's also can be, hey, I want to see my great grandchild be born, right? Yes. Or, you know, and, and that is an even more powerful message to our brains and our bodies than anything else that we do. Our, and again, it starts with our thoughts. It does. Right? Yep. Yep. And that mindset, you have to have that positive mindset, no matter what. Fear always kind of creeps in. Will I be able to do this? Blah, blah, blah. So you just have to just keep pushing ahead and don't let the fear grab hold of you and keep moving. That's it. Just keep going. You know, my grandmother passed away 10 years ago, but she lived to 100. Oh, and, wow. and I had my grandfather on the other side live to 90. So that's the good news. The, You've got longevity genes. That's good. <laughs> I, I do. However, on my dad's side, he passed away um, a couple of years ago from diabetes. And and I have a form of prediabetes that's in, I'm insulin sufficient. So even though I've done, I'm doing all of this exercise, mm -hmm. um, it's not that I'm insulin um, resistant. I, I just don't produce enough insulin. And, you know, I was talking to my, uh, one of my siblings about this and he was, 
he was a little like, well, gosh, this is sounds horrible. It's like, well, no, it's not horrible. It's just life, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, um, our, our father didn't deal with it necessarily in the, in the best way. And I, I want to learn from that, right? Right. And, uh, and, and, you know, just take advantage and, and be curious. Um, I wore a continuous glucose. I'm, I'm kind of a tech geek. So, like, I try all of these things. I wore a continuous glucose monitor. And I was just fascinated. And it really changed my diet because I could see the effect of different ah, foods. Good. Yep. Right? And I really, like, my breakfast had been very carb-centric. And I saw this big spike up in, in uh, blood glucose from that. And I changed it to um, a much more balanced sort of protein and carb eggs and in a in a smoothie without any of the sugar um and and i could see it uh, uh, and and feel a real difference there so yeah I you do feel much be better yeah yeah and pay attention right so i, I think alcohol is a good one because i i know for me it was easy not to feel good <laughs> from you know right. from some alcohol and, and and let me speak to that um if i may so i think two pe- people will get I think two benefits from alcohol and one is socialization. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other, I think is a, is a form of relaxation. And I guess the, the, the point I would make is that both of those benefits can be achieved without alcohol. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you know, join a group, join a, a, right. a, a club that has um, people that have in similar interests to what mm-hmm. you want to do. Yes. Right? And, and spend time with them. You know, that's a that's a great way of uh, getting socialization um, and, you know, relaxation. I have found um, a breathwork um, type of meditation to be really helpful for me. Breathwork yeah. is also very important. It really is. Most of us breathe very shallowly. So if mm-hmm. you do some breathwork and take deeper breaths, it is good for your health. I And, and that's exactly what I do is I will breathe in for five seconds and hold it. And then I'll exhale slowly for 10 seconds. So it's like a 20 second. You know, if you can't do that, you can do four seconds uh, of inhale right. and four and hold, or do what you can do and, and you'll probably get uh, get better at it. Um, and and yeah, so it's it's a really powerful way to, uh, to, to get some relaxation. And, and you can also do that with other people as well. Yes. And being social is another thing I talk about a lot because I think they found over the years that the people who stay social do much better. And but the problem with being social as you age is like my 92 year old aunt, all her friends were dying off and going into nursing homes. Mm. And then she didn't have that socialization anymore. And she started going downhill. So it's important to have friends of all ages, have young ones, some older ones, some your age, because as you age, if they're all your age, they're going to be dying and you're going to be left alone. <laughs> and, and I write about pets as well. So yes, dogs in particular yes. are, are really good because we need to go. They need exercise, too. So, yes, yes. pets are uh, excellent. Excellent. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And I love your idea of never retiring because so many people and especially men, they retire from their main job and then they come home and they go. They play golf for the first month or two, maybe. And then after that, it's like. I need something to do. And then they will. Mm-hmm. They'll look for something to do, which is great. Right. They'll, you know, start a little hobby or start a nonprofit or there's so many things. You can volunteer if you don't want to earn, if you have enough income coming in, just volunteer, do something Absolutely. that you're passionate about because then yes. you'll want to wake up every day and do it. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, and having that, that positive attitude, you know, I've, I've just adopted this uh, attitude that something good's going to happen today, yeah. no matter what. Right. Yes. And you know what? I was diagnosed at, with cancer at age 66. I'm now 72. So mm-hmm. it was lymphoma, which is very curable. But I had a positive attitude from the beginning. I never said, why me? Why me? I said, what am I supposed to learn from this? Let's get it over with. Let's do what we have to do and move on. Never, ever said, you know, why me? Why me? It's just like, this is happening for a reason. I'm Absolutely. supposed to learn something. I'm going to learn it, move on. That being said, I was supposed to have six treatments. After treatment number five, I said to the doctor, I'm done. I know I've had <laughs> enough. I, I have to get back to work. I'm moving on. And she Good said, well, there's no proof you need the six. So if you're ready to move on, we'll let you move on. So I did. And it's been five years and I'm fine. So congratulations. Thank I'm, you. I'm glad that uh, that worked out. And, well but you. mindset, so important. From day one, I knew I was going to survive. It was going to be fine. And I just did what I had to do. And I moved on. And then I, I did my own research because, again, you are your best advocate. So Absolutely. I wanted to see what causes cancer and what can I change because I knew this was a signal that I had to change something in my life. You can't have cancer, get chemo and just keep doing what you used to do or it's coming right mm-hmm. back. Indeed. You've got like I started eating more salads. I wasn't eating enough salads and vegetables. Um, I started I started walking more, exercising more. That's also key. Trying to think, I started using essential oils. Um, so I just looked into a whole lot of different things and incorporated them one by one, little by little. Indeed. I didn't worry about doing it all at once. I started getting toxins out of my house. Like a lot of uh, products that we use have toxins in them. So I started changing my cleaning products and changing my shampoos and just got rid of a lot of that because we're ingesting a lot of toxins through that. So I just, looked, I did my research, I changed things and, and I'm fine. So, but the positive attitude was key. Yeah. That's, that's really healthy. Be curious, uh, do your research um, and know that you, like you, you said it well, right. You're your best advocate. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Don't go just strictly by what the doctor says, you know, do your own thing. I did some alternative things in between. I didn't do acupuncture, but my brother-in-law's doing acupuncture acupuncture right now, in addition to some radiation he's having done. And that's helping so that the radiation doesn't have as many side effects. So look into alternatives and do a lot of things. No one says you have to just do one thing. There's there's a lot of alternatives. You know, try it. And if it works for you and you like it, do it. And if you don't move on, that's right. Exactly. (laughs) And I started, that's how I decided I wanted to do podcasting before I was diagnosed with cancer. I started walking. So I was walking an hour a day. I started listening to podcasts and that just made me want to walk longer and further because I had something to keep my mind busy. So then when I had cancer, I kept walking not as far. And then after I got back, after, you know, like after a couple of months, because you're very, very tired with, with chemo. So it does take you a while to get your energy back. Mm-hmm. I went right back to walking. And again, the podcast, it's great. Keeps your mind busy. And there's so many different kinds. So you, I just kept walking. So um, I, it was just about podcasts were so helpful to me. And in the past, I always wanted to be an inspirational speaker. So I'm thinking, wow, I couldn't do that when I was young. I could do it now through my podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, you know, I, 
I didn't think, oh, I'm too old. This will never work. I'll never be able to do it. I'll never be able to figure out the technology. I just said, I'm going to do it and I'll learn what I need to learn. And I did. Absolutely. That's you're, you're a role model for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And I hope boomers, that's that's what I want to get people off the couch, get them moving. Exercise is key. You've got to do some type of exercise. doesn't have to be horrible, but you've got to be no. moving and walking. Stretching is also good. Just little things. Drink Agility. enough water. You know, falls are really um, uh, de- devastating, right? Yes. Yes. For, for elderly uh, folks. And so if we have better balance, yes, then Work we on can your avoid balance. that, right? We yep. can avoid those falls. And, and so that's another form of exercise. So doing it safely, having an unstable surface underneath you can help train your body to be more uh, agile. Yes. Yeah. And they have, there's all kinds of little machines you can buy or go to the gym and use them there. So there's all kinds of things that can help with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, being stable and and keeping your balance is key because a lot of elderly people fall and it kills them or it doesn't kill them, but now they're in a wheelchair or, Indeed. you know, they broke their hip. They can't walk as well, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're in the, the final stages, unfortunately. Yes. Point, yes. Right? So yeah, we want to avoid that as long as possible. Yeah. you we, And that's why if you keep active and involved, you will be able to avoid it. So, you know, and now that being said, I had my right hip replaced at 68. So right after my cancer, I went right into a hip replacement. I didn't even know it was bad, but because I don't get any pain in my abdomen area. So here it was bone on bone mm-hmm. and I wasn't feeling any pain. So I didn't know, but the pain started to go down my legs. So I went to the doctor for that. They took x-rays and they went, oh my God, you you have nothing left. You're bone on bone. You have to think about a hip replacement. So again, mm-hmm. I went and I did it right away because when you break your hip, it's a much harder recovery. It doesn't work as well. So he went in, he replaced it. Everything's been great. I'm, I'm walking up and down steps. I don't have any problems. So I addressed it and moved on. So, you know, be your own advocate and be aware. Like I was aware of the shooting pain down my leg and that wasn't normal. So I went to the doctors. You've got to follow up when your body's sending you a signal. Please follow up. Pay attention. Yes. Pay attention. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Pay attention. And don't be afraid of the doctor. Um, no. Take, you know, those people really do want to help. <laughs> they really they do. do. They do. Right. That is that is why they spent 8, 10, 12 years sometimes studying to be in right. the position that they're in. And it's a shame that the economics force these really fast meetings with the physicians and, yes. um, you know, and, and uh, concierge docs, I talk about that's a wonderful model, but it's expensive, right? But to have an hour conversation with a doctor as opposed to a 15 minute conversation with a doctor is a totally different experience. Totally, totally. And I really, really would like to see more people have the opportunity to do that. Yes, because they have to get the whole picture. Because if you leave one or two things out, they're going to miss something. You know, they didn't get that information, and that might have been key. Another, you know, the metaphor is we're really only as strong as our weakest link. Right. Right. And and we're complex. I know our bodies are really complex and there's, well, lots of things that can go wrong, right. you know, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, um, for most people, you know, we chug along pretty well. Right. And, and right. With, a little, with a little bit of care, 
Yes. You know, feeding. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, my father going. never smoked, never drank. He was dancing like at 85. He would be on the dance floor and I would have to go sit down. I couldn't keep up with them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go rest. You keep on. He would dance the entire night. If we were there eating dinner, he wasn't even eating his dinner. He was up dancing. He just loved to dance. So, you know, it kept him really healthy. And so after after that, I decided, you know what? I got to get myself into better shape because I was only in my 40s at that point Uh, when, mm -hmm. when all that was going on. And he's dancing and I'm sitting at the table resting i'm like i gotta get into better shape so and again i didn't grow up with uh, exercise in the home or when i was growing up i wasn't involved in sports and all now my younger sisters were because by that point their friends got involved with like volleyball things like that so they did but i wasn't with a group of friends that did that and my parents didn't promote it so you know, I didn't start exercising until later in life. I didn't think it was important. But at a certain point, I realized if you're not exercising, you're in trouble. You're going downhill. So you've got to keep your body fit. Yep. Use it or lose it. Is, That's is right. The, That's the right. unfortunate reality there. Absolutely. Or the fortunate, you know, it's like, yeah, I can, I can take that to my advantage. <laughs> and But you can have fun exercising, too. It can be fun. Like dancing is a lot of fun. Walking. Absolutely. I love to walk. Sure. And, and that's just the strong advice, right? Is just do what you like to do. If exactly. you like to, if you like to garden, then go do that. Um, just right. get off, like you said, get off the couch, go, go do something. Be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious of what you're putting into your body. Yes. Right. And, and almost, I mean, there's this, sometimes this whole um, food thing becomes very almost contentious and, but there's stuff that we almost everyone agrees on stay away from processed foods. Yes. Right. Stay yes. away from fried foods and sugar. Yeah. And if people do those three things, they're going to be in pretty good shape. They are. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So thank you so much. Now, before we leave, give us your website. Where can we find more information about you? I love the cover of your book. It's fantastic. It <laughs> might you. not be out, but the cover's there. So people <laughs> yes. can go and take a look at that, right? Absolutely. So on my website, abs at 60.com. So absat60.com. That's easy. Um, they can go in and get more information both about me as well as the uh, the book. I'm also on Instagram. So it's Greg Damien abs at 60 um, are the, the two uh, places where people can, can go. Oh, that's great. That's great. Because I think, you know, they're going to want to connect a little bit. They're definitely going to want it. You got to see the book cover. He's in fantastic shape for 60. <laughs> so that'll Thanks, give you Gary. something to try and work up to. It's great. So and and I'm sure there's lots of good information in there. So and we need it. We need to keep hearing these things over and over. And then one day we say, OK, now's the day I'm going to start. I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, I hope, and it's my my dream that maybe someone listens to this and, and hears what you just said and say, yeah, okay, today's the day. You yeah. Know, that's, that would make me very happy. That's good. I, I think they will. I think they will. So thanks for being a great guest and sharing all these tips. And I know you're going to be inspiring a lot of people and that book is going to help inspire even more. So thank you so thanks. much. Well, thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me uh, on your show. And, and I've really enjoyed talking to you and uh, I appreciate your support. Thank you. We've we've had fun. And that's the important thing too, right? Absolutely. Laugh more, have fun. That's good too. (laughs) (laughs) I need to work that in the book. (laughs) That's right. You should. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. This has been great. Thank Thank you. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old. This podcast is sponsored by Premier Podcast Productions. Let's face it, everybody loves to make podcasts and vodcasts, but nobody wants to edit them. At Premier Podcast Productions, we professionally edit and distribute podcasts and vodcasts for companies around the world. Contact us at premierpodcastpros at gmail.com.